All right, everybody, welcome to this Friday edition of The Daily Dose on the Compliance Guys. Yes, we've made it through another week. I knew you could do it. Wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it, but here we are. It is Friday, June 10th in the great year of 2022. As always, I want to begin by saying thank you all so much for tuning in, logging on, and just hanging out with me for a little while. Today, I want to spend some time talking about Medicare's targeted probe and educate programs. This one's important because it really, prior to the pandemic, became one of the significant tools that was being utilized by the government to determine whether or not providers needed a closer look. Now, these were not investigations as you would find with a UPIC or, God forbid, if you were under an OIG investigation, but these were medical necessity audits performed by nurse reviewers. Now, I will tell you, prior to the pandemic and since the pandemic, I've probably engaged in about 40 of these audits at various rounds with clients of various uh, specialties, um, even suppliers, DME. And what I will tell you is I have found the process to be an equitable one. I have found it to be very fair, but I have also found some of the nurse reviewers that we've engaged with over the course of different rounds uh, to lack some understanding in certain coverage criteria or to make certain assumptions that they probably shouldn't have made. So the TPE program was created obviously as an attempt to decrease what they consider to be a provider burden. I'm really not sure what that means, but it was also created to reduce appeals and to improve the medical review and education process. Now, keep in mind that TPE reviews can be either prepayment or postpayment. I will tell you, I've never seen a postpayment review. They've always been prepayment reviews. And here's the critical thing to keep in mind. Statutorily, as we talked about earlier this week in the ADR Daily Dose podcast that I did, I'll remind you here that Claims under a prepayment review are not subject to an extension. So you have got to get your claims in within the time frame that is allotted. Now, the specific rounds of TPE involve uh, 20 to 40 claims each per provider or supplier and per service or item. And each round comes with the corresponding education. Now, in the event that CMS approves a probe sample of another 20 to 40 claims, you gotta be ready for this. And I will tell you, I, I, I strongly encourage any of you that are listening to this podcast today not to try to go through this process by yourself. Get yourself somebody to work with you or represent you through the process, whether it's a consultant that has subject matter expertise in this area or 
if it's a healthcare-centered attorney, because going through this process alone could potentially be detrimental. Why? Because if you fail three rounds of a TPE audit, you are referred back to the MAC or referred on to the Office of Inspector General for further evaluation. If it goes back to the MAC, you can expect to be put onto a prepayment review, which basically takes an act of Congress to get you off of. They also could revoke or suspend your billing privileges to Medicare and Medicaid. If it goes to the OIG, well, you know where I'm headed with that one. As I said, TPE is typically repeated for up to three rounds. Again, it could involve additional rounds at CMS's discretion, but I will tell you, it's not going to, it's not going to result in additional rounds. It's going to result in some punitive steps taken by the MAC. Now, the way that a TPE audit is initiated is based on, guess what? Data analysis. Now, this is clearly discussed and defined in subsection of 3.2.1 of the Program Integrity Manual. And if you're looking for more information on the TPE process, again, you can find that at 3.2.5 of the Medicare Program Integrity Manual. Now, MACs also initiate TPE um, specific prepayment or postpayment reviews upon a referral from a recovery audit contractor. It could also come from a comprehensive error rate testing. It could be at the direction of a unified program integrity contractor. OIG could remand it back to CMS for a TPE audit. It could also be initiated by the Government Accountability Office when it's specifically directed by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And keep in mind that MACs target providers or suppliers who have historically high claims denial rates or who have been billing practices that vary from their peers or when evidence suggests that there is a potential risk to the Medicare trust fund. Again, this is why I consistently and constantly talk about the need to run your utilization reports and then to plug that data in to determine where you or your providers fall on the spectrum. Now, what's really interesting for me is that there has been an update to the TPE Q&As from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. So let me share a few of those with you. All right, so one of the questions that has been asked multiple times and in multiple ways is what error percentage is considered a quote-unquote high denial rate and what other factors are used to determine whether a provider moves on for additional review? Now, the answer to that is as follows. The error rate percentage that qualifies a provider or supplier as having a high denial rate varies based on the service or item under review. Now, the Medicare fee-for-service improper payment rate for a specific service or item or other data 
can be used to make the determination, and the percentage can vary by Mac. I have seen some Macs say 30% error rate is okay. Others have said 18%. I've had some that have said 20%. Now, keep in mind that there are other factors that determine the need for additional review and include things, um, you know, to decrease an error rate within each round, as well as participation in and improvement with your provider's education. Now, another very good question that was asked was, can claims reviewed as part of the TPE process be apply, appealed? If a claim is appealed and overturned, would this impact the provider denial rate? So the answer is yes. But here's how CMS puts it out there. The appeals process is unchanged under the TPE process. So you follow Medicare Part B appeals. If a claim denial is appealed and overturned, this would be taken into consideration in subsequent TPE rounds. Now, here's the changed language. If the appeal results are not available at the time a provider progresses to a second or third round of TPE, but are available when the provider is referred to CMS, CMS takes these results into consideration when determining the need for additional action. Now, if a provider's adjusted error rate after appeals indicates no need for additional review, CMS will make that recommendation and a provider will be monitored by the MAC as they would be had they passed the TPE uh, process and then been released from actual review. Now, the last question that I'll address is, will previous probe and educate P&E review results be used to identify providers who will be included in a TPE? CMS has encouraged Max to use all available sources of data when selecting providers to include in the TPE process. Now, the results of a previous P&E program is just one source of data that a MAC can use to select providers for review, but MACs will also use provider billing, here's that word, and utilization patterns, as well as provider-specific error rates. Folks, TPE, since August of 2021, has been reinitiated. I am seeing a increase in the number of these TPE audit letters that are coming out to clients and to those who are contacting me who are not currently clients saying, I got this TPE letter. What do I do with it? What does it mean? And how do we get through this thing? Folks, if you get a TPE letter, or if you get any letter, whether it's from a CERT, a RAC, a MAC, a MIC, a UPIC, folks, respond to these things in a timely manner, but seek out counsel or a subject matter expert who has experience with handling these things to make sure that you do not make a critical mistake. All right.
That's going to bring us to the end of this Daily Dose episode on the Compliance Guy. As always, folks, I can't tell you how much it means to me that you hang out with me each day for just a little while. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And until next time, be good to yourself, but more importantly, be good to each other.